0: In the summer of 1919, a woman who will call Julie banged on Edgar Casey's front door in Selma, Alabama. She'd traveled all the way from Kentucky to talk with the hypnotist, and that night she needed him to do the impossible.
1: Her pregnant sister was dying, and any day now she would go into labor. The doctors said there was no way to save her or her unborn daughter, but according to rumors, Edgar could cure anyone. Julie hoped that was really true.
0: When Edgar finally opened the door, Julie began explaining what had happened to her sister. But Edgar stopped her mid-sentence. He didn't need any more information.
1: He hurried Julie inside and told her to listen closely. Then, Julie watched in amazement as he closed his eyes and fell asleep.
0: Before long, Edgar spoke. He explained there was no way to save the mother, but the baby still had a chance if Julie followed his instructions.
1: He prescribed an unusual formula that sounded unorthodox, but Julie didn't question it. She knew this was her only hope at saving her sister's child, so she thanked Edgar and bolted back to Kentucky. Once there, she gave the remedy to her sister, just as Edgar had instructed. Then, she waited and prayed.
0: A few days later, the woman gave birth. Though she passed away, the child lived just as Edgar had
1: predicted. Edgar had performed yet another miracle. Julie would feel indebted to the psychic for the rest of her life. She and countless other patients never anticipated one day the brilliant mesmerist physician would be arrested for fraud.
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify.
1: This is our final episode on Edgar Cayce, the hypnotist who claimed he could enter a trance and heal those who were sick. Though he never studied medicine, Edgar somehow managed to correctly diagnose and prescribe remedies to dozens of patients. No one could figure out how he did it. Last time, we discussed how
0: Edgar discovered his unusual abilities and how he eventually made good use of them. Throughout his adult life, his talent brought him a consistent salary and national fame. He lived a charmed life until he faced trouble with the law.
1: Today, we'll look at his trial and examine the evidence Edgar's powers were legitimate and those suggesting he was a hoax. Then we'll explore Edgar's legacy, including his influence on the modern health and wellness industry.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
2: and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
0: Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally
2: running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way.
1: In the early 1900s, Edgar Casey's incredible hypnotic skills helped him gain a sizable following. From across the country, people flocked to Edgar's doorstep, hoping he could treat their otherwise incurable ailments. But on November 7, 1931, his world flipped upside down. That
0: day, the police arrested him on the charge of fortune-telling. According to them, he was making all his powers up.
1: The charges shattered the wellness empire he'd built and just nine days after he was first apprehended, the alleged fortune teller went to trial.
0: It should have been an easy case. The prosecution only had to prove he was swindling people out of their money. So, they tried to portray Edgar as a con man who
1: used his supposed abilities to make a hefty profit. In response, his defense claimed he was just a religious man trying to share a wonderful gift. On the stand, Edgar explained he didn't understand how his power worked. All he knew was it helped people.
0: One of his business partners also testified Edgar's organization, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, was a nonprofit that only had one mission, to study Edgar's talent. While Edgar was paid a modest salary, the psychic never pocketed any money directly from his clients.
1: In the end, the judge dismissed the charges. He said a guilty verdict would have been, quote, an interference with the belief, practice, or usage of an incorporated ecclesiastical governing body. Simply
0: put, people believed in what Edgar was doing, and he wasn't taking advantage of them. So, the judge ruled in Edgar's favor.
1: This outcome must have vindicated his believers. One of the nation's biggest psychics was walking away scot-free. But the charges
0: against him were narrow in scope. The trial only focused on whether he'd scammed people out of money, not on whether his abilities were real. The court case didn't settle the question of whether he was an authentic psychic, nor did it try to.
1: The question was never answered in Edgar Casey's lifetime. We can explore his methodology to see what may have actually happened during his readings.
0: Edgar built his following by making medical diagnoses, but also by tapping into mystical philosophies like reincarnation. In the 1920s, he conducted a series of readings in which he claimed his patients had past lives. A devout Christian, he insisted the Bible contained many references to reincarnation. He pointed to ideas of rebirth and life after death.
1: But he also believed the evidence for reincarnation was deep in every person's mind. He thought anyone could remember who they were hundreds or thousands of years ago. The memories just needed to be unlocked.
0: His reading sparked his clients' imaginations. They often traced their roots back to the lost city of Atlantis. According to Edgar, many of his patients had once lived there as native Atlanteans.
1: These findings must have been meaningful to his clients. They offered a whole new way of thinking about themselves and life in general. Suddenly, these people weren't just ordinary Americans with illnesses. They had legendary souls from a utopian land. In other words, They were extraordinary.
0: Even today, many long to learn more about possible past lives. Some hypnotherapists provide a service called Past Life Regression. It's a form of meditation where an analyst tries to unlock memories of former lives from a patient's subconscious mind. This is very similar
1: to what Edgar did with his clients. According to those who practice it, the technique can also be used to identify illnesses and cure phobias. In past life regressions, people locate the source of their fear and use that knowledge to recover from their trauma.
0: Still, some experts have criticized those who practice past life regression for inventing experiences
1: for their patients. This doesn't always happen intentionally. People under hypnosis are often very susceptible to suggestion. Perhaps they want to help their therapist, and so they might create scenarios to appease them. Because the patient is in an altered state of mind, they can't easily differentiate between real memories and their own imaginations.
0: For example, let's say a past regression specialist asks a hypnotized person, Have you ever met William Shakespeare? The client immediately recalls encountering the Bard in a past life. But this doesn't mean the patient really knew the playwright in the 16th or 17th centuries, just that they could imagine the possibility.
1: To cure a person's phobia, these physicians sometimes ask probing questions about a past trauma that may have caused this fear. The trauma didn't actually happen, but the patient may come out of therapy feeling like it did. This can be harmful to a person's understanding of themselves and their life events.
0: We don't know for sure whether Edgar's use of past life regression was unethical, but we do know his stories of Atlantis were unverifiable.
1: There is no scientific proof the legendary city actually existed. There are no contemporary accounts of such a civilization. The oldest recorded story of Atlantis was written 9,000 years after its alleged destruction.
0: That narrative came from the 4th century BCE and was told by the legendary philosopher Plato. He might have been inspired by a real cataclysm that was ancient even in his time. A volcanic eruption that wrought destruction on an island called Santorini.
1: But many historians believe Plato's story of Atlantis isn't a true account of Santorini's fate. It's a metaphor. In his narrative, the Atlanteans begin as moral, upstanding people. But when they succumb to vices, the gods destroy their society to punish them. In other words, this story isn't too different from parables like the grasshopper and the ant or the three little pigs. They're all a warning our actions have consequences, and they're not meant to be taken literally.
0: That said, we can't say for certain whether Atlantis existed, only that we don't have compelling evidence for it. And setting aside Edgar's beliefs about past lives, he still reportedly made incredible diagnoses during his hypnotic trances.
1: He used self-hypnosis, meaning he put himself under, on his own. This might seem a little unconventional at first, but it's actually a method that goes back hundreds of years and is still used today.
0: According to professional hypnotist Shauna Cummins, almost anyone can send themselves into a state of hypnosis. With focus, control, and calm breathing, a person can enter what Cummins describes as a dreamlike state. As we discussed before, they can become open to outside suggestion, just like Edgar likely was when he was entranced.
1: A partner would ask Edgar medical questions while he was under. Because he was so susceptible, Edgar might have believed he was a doctor simply because his partner treated him like one.
0: But this doesn't account for his apparent medical knowledge. After all, if he was wildly guessing, Edgar shouldn't have been able to consistently, correctly diagnose his patients, let alone treat them. And Edgar wasn't the only person with seemingly supernatural
1: medical knowledge. Andrew Jackson Davis from Poughkeepsie, New York, was born in 1826, long before Edgar. At a young age, he realized he was clairvoyant and he could diagnose patients while in a state of sleep. After this discovery, Andrew resolved to use his powers to help the sick.
0: When Edgar learned about Andrew, he was amazed to find someone with powers like his own. And they weren't the only two. Many people claim they can heal based on gut instinct and some unidentifiable power. Today, they're known as medical intuitives.
1: The term medical intuition refers to the technique of diagnosing and treating illnesses without examining a patient. Many practitioners don't even have a relevant degree. They claim everybody uses medical intuition. For example, if you start coughing and sneezing, You often know you only have a minor cold, without ever needing to see a doctor to rule out more serious conditions.
0: When Edgar diagnosed patients, he may have been tapping into an innate ability to read the human body. After all, he conducted over 14,000 readings in his lifetime, sometimes for complicated cases like spinal issues, stomach problems, and even his own throat ailment.
1: It's certainly possible his information came from within. He may have had a supernatural gift or especially powerful intuition. But many critics point to a simpler explanation, that Edgar Casey was a fraud.
0: Coming up, how Edgar might have fooled his targets. Hi listeners, it's Vanessa from the podcast series Mythology. Every Tuesday, join me on a wondrous journey back in time, exploring the most epic battles, sweeping love stories, and harrowing adventures ever told. Heroes, gods, monsters, mayhem, this podcast has it all. From the Knights of the Round Table and Hori the Hunter to Paradise Lost and the Lost City of Atlantis, Each episode of Mythology dramatizes history's greatest stories, bringing their origins to life and giving insight into how our ancestors saw the universe. Ancient myths, modern twists. Catch new episodes of Mythology every Tuesday and binge the classics anytime. Listen free only on Spotify.
2: Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mc Crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
0: Now, back to the story.
1: Edgar Casey worked as a psychic for four decades. He performed more than 14,000 readings, opened a hospital and a university, and started the Association for Research and Enlightenment. Even today, he's considered one of the most famous hypnotists of the 20th century. But his legacy may have been built on a lie.
0: You've likely seen psychics on television from time to time. They perform in front of large audiences and claim they can read the minds of strangers. Sometimes they appear to speak to the dead, but they're likely using two classic psychic techniques, cold readings and hot
1: readings. When a psychic conducts a cold reading, they're making a somewhat vague guess about a person or a group. They hope at least one individual will identify with the claim, even though it could apply to any number of people. For example,
0: A performer might say they can sense a person in the room has lost someone special recently. Odds are, most people know someone who's died. So it's nearly inevitable someone will step forward and say the reading is about them, even though it wasn't specifically about
1: anyone. However, this method is dependent on being vague. And Edgar wasn't. He reportedly diagnosed many patients with complete accuracy which means he might have used a different technique, hot readings.
0: In a hot reading, the psychic gathers information on a subject before a session. Maybe they have an innocuous conversation with the target before the appointment, or an assistant might even go through a customer's wallet or purse while they aren't paying attention.
1: There's no evidence Edgar ever looted anyone's belongings but his son routinely interviewed people who visited Casey Hospital. They wanted to make sure all their guests came for legitimate medical reasons.
0: It's likely his son could have communicated information about patients to Edgar before beginning the readings. This way, Edgar would have a great deal more knowledge than the patient thought he had.
1: On top of that, people all over the country sent Edgar piles of letters requesting his help. These correspondence almost certainly included descriptions of their problems, whether they were medical or personal.
0: All these methods would tell Edgar what diseases he had to cure. Then, in the reading, he could pretend to divine the illness and treatment while under hypnosis, leaving his patients amazed and fooled.
1: But even if he knew about patients' symptoms beforehand, he still prescribed treatments without any previous medical experience. Hot reading wouldn't grant him knowledge the patient didn't have.
0: Unless his advice wasn't so advanced after all. Beginning in the 1970s, author and professional skeptic James Randi investigated people like Edgar Casey. He not only read books about him, but he poured through accounts of Edgar's readings.
1: Randy found most of Edgar's cures weren't mainstream medicine, but natural remedies and herbal therapy. For example, Edgar often suggested his patients drink something called bedbug juice, give themselves a peanut oil massage, or swallow ash from the wood of a bamboo tree.
0: Apparently, in some instances, Edgar even suggested his patients drink beef broth to cure serious diseases like gout and leukemia.
1: And according to Randy, Edgar often didn't sound confident about his own remedies. He used phrases like, I feel that, and perhaps, to qualify every recommendation. Still, his proponents argue Edgar helped a lot of people. And as long as he cured the sick, it probably doesn't matter how he did it.
0: So, let's take a look at his success rate. In 1971, two of Edgar's sons wrote a book called The Outer Limits of Edgar Casey's Power. The text examines a few of the cases Edgar failed to diagnose, the ones beyond his abilities. But it also claims his readings helped people 85% of the time.
1: That sounds pretty impressive. But when Randy took a closer look at their statistics, he found the sons had a clear bias toward their father as you might expect. Edgar's son selected 150 random cases
0: and examined how many of the patients gave positive feedback, negative feedback, or no feedback at all. Out of that sample, 43% had positive things to say, 7% were negative, and nearly
1: 50% never responded. The Suns reasoned they couldn't count the cases that never gave a report, so they dismissed 74 people. Then, out of the remaining 76 patients, they claimed 85% of them gave positive feedback on Edgar.
0: That may technically be true, but 76 people likely wasn't anywhere close to an adequate sample size. And they completely ignored the 74 people who didn't comment on their experience. We have no idea if those people died from the illnesses Edgar allegedly treated or if they ignored his advice and sought help from other
1: doctors. Additionally, all the patients Edgar Casey saw were self-selected. If they came to him seeking treatment, they must have already believed in his powers, otherwise they wouldn't be there and a self-proclaimed admirer of Edgar's might be more inclined to believe the reading worked, even if there was no physical sign of improvement. Perhaps
0: the success rate was much, much lower than 85%. Meaning, if Edgar performed an estimated 14,000 readings, thousands of people were given incorrect diagnoses or misleading medical advice. And this can be incredibly dangerous for the patient.
1: In a few recorded instances, Edgar received a letter and conducted a reading without being in the room with the writer. He believed he could help anyone from any distance. In one of these
0: cases, he diagnosed a little girl and prescribed her a complicated new diet. But she died the day before he performed this reading.
1: In fact, there are multiple reports of Edgar performing readings for people who'd already passed away. If his psychic abilities were real, he should have known if a person was dead.
0: The evidence is certainly damning, but we're still left to wonder what Edgar had to gain from deceiving his patients. He lived on a modest salary and often declined opportunities to make more money.
1: Maybe then it wasn't Edgar who benefited from the deception, but the people around him. Today, psychic services in the United States take in $2.2 billion every year. It's a massive industry, and it seems Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment, or ARE, is still cashing in.
0: ARE has locations all across the United States and in 37 other countries. Members pay up to $90 a year for access to ARE materials. On top of that... The organization sells Edgar's books, natural remedies, and CDs of his teachings.
1: In 2020, A.R.E. reported over $7 million in revenues. Clearly, there's a lot to be gained off of Edgar's reputation as a psychic.
0: But according to the people closest to him, Edgar was heavily religious, humble, and concerned with his patient's health. He didn't seem like the sort to dupe anyone on purpose. It's possible he truly believed in his own powers and other opportunists capitalized on his
1: gullibility. That said, although his abilities might not have been real, he still helped people because perhaps the cure was all in their heads.
0: Coming up, how science can explain Edgar's success. Now, back to the story.
1: Many skeptics accused Edgar Casey of being a fraud. So many, he had to defend himself in court in 1931. But even if he wasn't a psychic, his powers still supposedly healed the sick. Perhaps Edgar might have benefited from the placebo effect. If you're not familiar with the placebo
0: effect, It refers to a situation where a person gets better after receiving treatment, even though the remedy did nothing to treat the illness.
1: In essence, the patient recovers merely because they believe they will. Placebos can help physical ailments as well as psychological ones like depression.
0: When you hear the word placebo, your mind might think of pill capsules filled with sugar. But the placebo effect actually covers a wide range of phenomena. In fact, scientists have discovered it's completely possible for patients to get better with no treatment at all.
1: This phenomenon is called regression to the mean, and it's based on the theory that people seek medical help when they're feeling their worst. So logically, some will begin to heal naturally after seeing the doctor, even if the physician didn't do anything to help them. In Edgar Casey's case, a small
0: portion of his clients might have gotten better without any assistance from him. He may have prescribed some kind of homeopathic therapy or herbal remedy, but it didn't actually change their outcome. The patient's body cured itself.
1: Another part of the placebo effect is confirmation bias, the tendency to interpret information so it aligns with our own hopes or beliefs, basically we see what we want to see.
0: Remember the statistics James Randi analyzed. 43% of the 150 sample cases reported positive results. It's possible they just said what they wanted to believe. Edgar Casey had cured them. And if their improvement was actually due to the placebo effect or regression to the mean, they still gave the psychic all the credit.
1: But Edgar also met with patients who had serious health issues and still recovered.
0: In part one, we discussed the case of five-year-old Amy Dietrich. In a reading, Edgar claimed an injury to her spine became infected by a flu virus, inhibiting her brain development. He suggested his business partner adjust the girl's spine to correct the issue.
1: And within weeks, her illness was allegedly cured.
0: To many, it seemed Edgar had performed a near miracle on the girl. But it's possible her parents told her that someone would fix her ailment and her body reacted accordingly. Our brains are incredible organs and we can't discount the power of our minds.
1: But we also shouldn't overstate the power of the placebo effect. It's true belief can improve a patient's outcomes. But the power of positive thinking can't heal all ailments. In an article with Harvard Health, professor and placebo
0: specialist Ted Capchuk, medical professionals don't have a great understanding of how the placebo effect works, but they do know the situations where it's most effective. Specifically, the phenomenon occurs in the brain and works best in cases that are somehow tied to the mind.
1: Consider pain. If some part of your body is injured, it sends a signal to your brain, which then interprets these warnings as discomfort. But in simple terms, if your brain doesn't believe you're hurting, it can shut off those sensations. Or put another way, physical pain is all in your mind.
0: And as Kapchak observed... Placebos are most effective when they're used for pain relief or similar conditions that are tied to certain brain functions. But they can't change the state of your physical body. A positive attitude won't defeat a virus, mend a broken bone, or heal a damaged spine like Amy Dietrich's.
1: So Edgar reportedly performed at least one incredible feat and deserves praise— But there's also a dark side to all of this. Edgar didn't have medical knowledge, and many of the prescriptions he handed out were unproven treatments that could have been ineffective or harmful.
0: And more importantly, when patients visited him, they likely stopped seeing their general physician. After all, if they thought they were cured, why keep paying for medical exams? This means those with serious illnesses likely didn't get the treatment they needed.
1: Oftentimes, chronically ill people can misplace their trust, succumbing to false remedies. It even happens today. In 2007, a woman named Dawn Callie underwent surgery for her breast cancer. When the procedure didn't lead to a full remission, Callie grew desperate for a cure. So she turned to wellness guru and author, Robert O. Young.
0: In his books, he claimed a combination of diet and his treatment methods could cure just about any disease, including cancer. Callie's doctors begged her to receive chemotherapy, but she refused. She put her
1: hope in Young. In 2013, after years of the guru's treatment, Callie made an appointment with an oncologist to receive a scan. The doctor told her the cancer had progressed to stage 4. Soon, it would be completely treatment-resistant, and she would die.
0: Callie felt betrayed by Young, who'd sworn his methods could cure her. So she sued the wellness guru, and in 2018, the jury decided in her favor. She was awarded $105 million in medical expenses and damages.
1: Still, no amount of money could undo the damage done to Callie. And unfortunately, she wasn't the only person to fall victim to medical hoaxes. Oftentimes, unlicensed health practitioners will prescribe natural or herbal remedies for life-threatening conditions. And frequently, the results are fatal.
0: That's not to say all natural treatments are harmful but it's in the interest of the wellness industry to advertise their products in the best light possible. After all, there's a lot of money at stake. In 2020, the industry was valued at $4.4 trillion
1: globally. Despite his humble demeanor, Edgar Casey was part of that business. The placebo effect may have helped some of his patients, but when it came to serious illnesses, it's possible his treatments did more harm than good.
0: It's comforting to imagine a quiet psychic who can fall asleep and see what our body needs. But in reality, it's unlikely Edgar fit that description.
1: Whether you believe he was a lucky fraudster, an overly confident dupe, or a true psychic, Edgar Casey revealed an important truth about human beings our minds are more powerful than many of us will ever realize.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next time with a new episode.
1: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries
0: is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Michael Motion, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Alex Bernard. Edited by Amber von Schassen and Angela Jorgensen, fact checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Bradley Klein, and produced by Bruce Katovich. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rosner.